Yo, what's going on, people? Welcome back to another Going Rounds podcast, episode number 32. We're back at this shit again. There I go, cussing right away. <laughs> Whoops. That's okay. Who cares? I'm not monetized anyway, but when and if I do, I got to watch that in the beginning. So, whatever. Right now, who gives a shit, right? So, as you can see, I'm wearing my U of A hat, which is a goddamn shame about them one and dunning the March Madness tournament. So, yeah, good job, fuckers. Um, <laughs> that shit sucks, man. I cannot believe that right away off the bat, just done to the number 15 seed, Princeton. Like, what the fuck? Did you even try? Um, 59.55, I think it was. Whatever. That sucks. But it is what it is. And sports are annoying. Um, I stopped giving too much of a shit when I was getting into arguments with people and getting all butthurt about things. I'm, I'm over that. I'm tired of it. Uh, I still get into arguments with people sometimes that just don't know how to shut up. But, you know, for the most part, I let it go because it's stupid and it gets annoying and it's just a waste of time. Like, you know, yeah, I want my teams to win, you know, all the teams I root for, basketball, football, baseball, whatever it is, I want them to win. But I don't care that much because, yeah, it just gets it, it gets to be so exhausting that I just can't handle it. And I've got too many other things that I worry about, really. So when it comes down to it, I just leave it alone. And, you know, and I say, well, that sucks. It's a damn shame. Throw your hands up. What can you do? You know, I see everybody posting on Facebook and I'm like, yeah, nobody, nobody needs my input too. It just sucks. Plain and simple. Everybody feels the same way. Some people like to talk shit, some people like to place blame, some people like to make excuses, and some people just say, fuck, we suck. <laughs> so that's what happens. Anyway, I'm still repping the hometown team because it's a hard loss and it sucks, but, you know, still got to root for the hometown. And uh, I don't do that with any other sports, really. You know, baseball, I got the Braves, football is the Colts. I don't really follow NBA very much, um, stuff like that. But, you know, the U of A is something I've always followed and I'll keep following. So, yeah, anyway, uh, uh, what's up, everybody? How's it going? Uh, if you're here, checking it out, you know, the chat's open. Hit me up. Say what's up. Uh, ask a question, whatever you want to do. And uh, share the video and you know, get other people to come in and check it out live, or maybe they'll see it and check it out later. And otherwise, just uh, sit back and enjoy because we got a lot to talk about. There's uh, a lot of stuff going on this weekend. Uh, big pay-per-view. We just got done with a big pay-per-view two weeks ago. Uh, but, you know, the UFC is doing it big right now. I, I don't really know why. I don't know what's up. With the schedule this like these past few months or these this block of months, I should say, because <laughs> two weeks ago we had a pay-per-view. We have a pay-per-view this weekend and then we have a pay-per-view again in like two weeks after this. So it's like a month and a half, three pay-per-views. It's kind of nuts. Usually it's like 
one in a month, and that's it. This month has made it kind of crazy. It's uh two two pay-per-views this month. So um the UFC Fight Night 221 in Vegas last week was a pretty good card. We're gonna go over that here in a bit. And then uh yeah, there's some other news going on. Uh recap Bellator a little bit because between Bellator and the UFC last week, there's a couple retirements of some big names, so we'll get into that. Uh, and yeah, I'm on my new laptop, which is pretty dope. Uh, finally got it all set up. I mean, last week was just insane when it came to between stuff happening at work and me trying to get this laptop set up. Uh, I had an issue, technical issues like a motherfucker with all kinds of stuff, including... I got a a new watch because my other watch was just old, falling apart, getting slow, and it's just old, like three years old plus maybe. But yeah, I had this whole ordeal. <laughs> I went through three watches, man, three fucking watches. I initially wanted the Galaxy Watch 5 Pro Golf Edition because I play golf a lot, and I that's my old watch was the Golf Edition, so it has a built-in caddy type rangefinder thing so anyway i ordered that from samsung and it just wouldn't send me any notifications i couldn't get any calls on it so i call for tech support which i hate doing usually i can figure this shit out right watching videos looking at forums um just using my technical insight that i have from work and stuff but couldn't get anything to work so i call for tech support and they tell me pretty much that they don't have any tech support besides the surface level, by the book, troubleshooting, which is a bunch of bullshit because I had already done all of it four times over. So I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, get me to somebody else that knows more. And they're like, no, nah, we don't do that anymore. We don't have that level of technical support anymore. If all this doesn't work, you have to send it back. I'm like, send it back? The fuck is this? Okay, well... So I sent it back, got my refund, waited a little while, and then I found a deal on Verizon. So I decided, okay, I'll get, you know, maybe I'll have better luck with the Verizon one and get a line on for my watch so then it can work whether I'm around my phone or not. Doesn't work again. No notifications, no calls, nothing, right? So same shit over. Go to the Verizon store, try to get help. Had two people work on it. None of them could figure it out. Spent way too much time on this shit. My life was in disarray over this, right? Sounds stupid and petty, but I rely on it a lot. I use it a lot for work and I use it a lot in general. So, and that's how I can respond to calls and text messages at work quickly. So yeah, it was, it was bad. <laughs> so anyway, they tell me all we could do is send it back. So I send it back again and they, they send me another one. Same shit again. Go back have them work on it, nothing, can't figure it out. Well, with a little help from my guys at work and just some poking around, my wife helped me a little bit because she was trying stuff because she has the regular Watch 5, not the Pro, so she has an idea of what's going on with it. <laughs> so yeah, we figured some shit out. Finally, we figured out that my tattoos, my tattoos, are the reason why my fucking watch wouldn't work. Uh, I thought it was just because I was brown and the fucking watch is racist, but 
<laughs> Apparently, it's just discriminates against people with tattoos. <laughs> so, whatever. I got it to work, needless to say. I finally found some videos. Once I went down the right avenue and, and figured out what to look for, I found videos. I found fixes. But nobody can explain it. It's just a bunch of bullshit. And before anybody gives me shit about it being an Android, I've heard the same problem as happening with Apple Watches. So shut up with your judginess and your bullshit because I don't care. <laughs> so anyway, that's my, uh, oh man, my lights are doing that bullshit again. I think it looked like it in the screen. So if you see the lights pulsating a little bit, just ignore it. I don't know why it doesn't like red. It's weird. Uh, anyway, yeah, so that's my crazy, Jesus, that's going to drive me nuts. Um, that's my crazy technical bullshit for the week. Finally, it's all over. The watch is working. I'm back to normal. I got the laptop set up. Everything seems to be running great. Uh, I'm not having any issues with CPU usage and none of that. So I don't have to worry about opening like web, web pages and websites and stuff like that while I'm streaming because my other computer just didn't like it. So uh, yeah, I upgraded. Got a gaming laptop. It's pretty cool. Not using it for gaming, but it's good to have that good graphics card and all that. So I'm pretty happy about that. And now we're into this week where, yeah, this week has been kind of nuts just uh, getting ready because I'm going to Vegas this weekend. My wife's birthday is on Monday. So we're going to go celebrate um, and just have a good time. We don't do Vegas like we used to. It's not just about partying. I mean, of course, we have a drink in our hand most of the time. <laughs> but we like to go try out new restaurants, check out the sites you know, sit at some slot machines and gamble a little and just hang out and have a good time. It's not about anything else but relaxing, getting away from the real world with work and everything else and, yeah, celebrating her and her birthday. So it's going to be fun. So I'm not going to be here to watch the fights, but the fights are on early because they are taking place in London. So I might have to change the color of those lights because that's going to just distract the hell out of me um i don't see it yeah whatever uh yeah so they're in london they're early in the in the afternoon so be ready for that because everybody that thinks that seven o'clock is going to be the time to sit down and try to watch them it's not it's going to be earlier so uh I, i'm gonna have to take a look actually i can look it up right now and see what time it says I need to know for myself as well because I am going to be watching on my phone more than likely. I know that sounds kind of fucked up because I'm supposed to be uh, hanging out for my wife's birthday. But you know what? She knows I am. I'll have it on in the background if nothing else. And taking a peek here and there. So it says for me here in Arizona... Oh, does it, Trin? Okay. I keep seeing like the lights flashing behind me. I don't know. Maybe it's some kind of weird thing, but that works. <laughs> Thanks for the input, Trent. That's my daughter on, on the chat uh, supporting me, so she's awesome. Uh, yeah, so 2 p.m. for the main card, the start of the main card. So that puts us at like probably about 4, 4.30 for the main event, more than likely. 
depending on how fast the rest of the fights go. So remember that. I'll remind you later again when I am going over the fights. So yeah, let's get into it. Um, like I said, I got a lot to cover. Uh, let's see. I am burning up all of a sudden. Probably because I just took my first sip before we started here. And it's hitting me. Not hitting me like I'm feeling it, but like... You know, that alcohol hits the stream, and then all of a sudden you get a little rush. <laughs> yeah, so let's get into it. Let's go into some overall combat sports news. And we'll start off with uh, Bellator 292. A little recap. We had a lightweight title fight against, uh, I mean, <laughs> with Usman Nurmagomedov, which, yes, he is uh, Khabib's cousin. Uh, versus Benson Henderson, you know, the, the MMA veteran, been in the UFC, was a UFC champ, and yeah, he's getting up there in age and stuff, and unfortunately, you know, it, it's his time. He he's he just can't hang with the younger guys and, and the new talent that's coming out, and uh, Nurmagomedov, well, his name says it all. He's, he's, a, he's a badass, he's a beast, and he's got a lot of talent. And he's got a lot of striking talent, and and that coupled with the Nurmagomedov grappling, it just it's unstoppable right now. And uh, Usman being a lightweight in Bellator, I would say could probably hang with any lightweight, including the champ in uh, the UFC right now. And I would love to see that fight. So maybe one day he will. Uh, make it over to the UFC but for now he's gonna stick to being the Bellator champion and he's doing big things so uh yeah and then we had um Michael Venom Page we'll start with that uh fighting Gyoti Yamaushi so pay attention to that kick it's, it will come back but as you can see he went down off just one kick look at that kneecap look what happens bam kneecap gone that's that's pretty nasty. And uh, the crazy shit is this is something that happens with Michael Venom Page a lot. Well, I If you watched last week, I was going over it and previewing it. And I was telling you about him throwing that flying knee and crushing the front of Cyborg's skull. And this is the male Cyborg, by the way. Um, but yeah, uh, he always does these crazy... He, he always has something crazy happen when, you know... When he's fighting and he gets those finishes and he hurts people. And it's and it's kind of weird because normally we've seen people get their leg broken, their shin broken in half when they kick somebody like that in like directly on the knee. So for him to have busted Yamaushi's knee like that with his kick, and I mean MVP has some twigs for legs, as you can tell. He's kind of built like Anderson Silva a bit. Um Kind of a, a mix between Silva and maybe John Jones when he was lighter. <laughs> but uh yeah, so that was a nasty stoppage right there. Obviously, he gets the win. TKO uh injury, right? Uh there's not much he can do. He almost bent his leg the wrong way, falling to the ground. So that 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 could be a career-changing injury, like he pretty much either broke, displaced, I don't know what you would call it, but he fucked up his knee and his kneecap, and that's that's insane. So, MVP with the win, looking dominant as usual, coming off that loss to, in BKFC to uh, 
Michael Perry. So, you know, needless to say, I think MVP is super dangerous when he can kick. Uh, I mean, he's lost in MMA before, but obviously you you add in those kicks and knees and, and flying whatever's you want to call he's going to try and he's dangerous as fuck and you can see it i mean it speaks for itself uh yeah so let's move on benson henderson versus usman <laughs> usman Nurmagomedov. i'm getting all twisted up here uh he is like i said he's pretty dominant He's got striking as well as the grappling and wrestling. So, I mean, he's pretty fucking dangerous. One thing I want to point out here, I hate the white Bellator gloves, and I don't know why. I just don't like them. I don't know. I, I The white is so off-putting. Like, they usually have red, I think, red gloves. I think they've done blue gloves. But I, I like the red. The red is nice because, you know, Bellator, their color schemes are kind of red, you know. That's pretty much what they use for the most part. And I mean, this is confusing. Uh, Usman has white shorts on. Benson Henderson has his typical white shorts with the like printed black belt on it, which is kind of cool. I do like those shorts, but they're both wearing white shorts and then they're both wearing white gloves. And it's like the only thing you can kind of tell them apart is that the the tape on the gloves are red and blue. I don't know. It's kind of weird. But anyway, uh, as you can see, Nurmagomedov was getting the best of Benson, unfortunately. I mean, I like Benson Henderson a lot, but like I said, uh, it's just that time. I think he's been in too, too many fights, and and he's just not able to keep up anymore like he used to. So Nurmagomedov got him down to the ground, wrapped him up, and got that submission in. Uh, and unfortunately, Benson Henderson got, you know, got the loss uh, in his last title defense because he did retire. So he put his gloves down in the cage. Um, he said it was his time. He said it's time for him to let his wife uh, do her thing, take the spotlight. She's a fighter as well, I believe. Um, I think she's fighting now. But either way, he said he was done and he needed to, you know, stay home with his kids, watch him, help him grow and, and you know, not miss those times anymore and i'm sure he'll be you know taking some kind of maybe coaching role or corner man or something like that there's no way he's gonna stay away completely from mma but uh yeah as for now he's done and you know i all i gotta say is uh benson henderson was one of the guys that i followed from the beginning uh when he's in the wec and you know he kind of got famous or better known from the fight with Showtime Pettis in WEC, the last WEC uh, fight uh, ever before they got um, kind of nullified by the UFC. They got bought out um, and absorbed their fighters and got rid of the promotion. So, and and WEC, it's World Extreme Cage Fighting, and it was uh, a lot of the lighter weight guys. That's that's you know the UFC didn't have the really lightweights like bantamweight and flyweight and stuff they didn't have that and uh yeah they didn't have that kind of stuff before um so the WEC had those guys and well when the UFC decided to bring those uh weight classes in they absorbed their talent and 
which was a good thing. They got people like Donald Cerrone, uh, Jose Aldo, uh, Benson Henderson, Anthony Pettis. All kinds of big names came over from WEC. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, I've followed him for so long. And, you know, my wife liked him a lot, too. He, she, he was one of her favorite fighters. Um, he's just a good dude. He's a really good, humble guy. And I just always liked him as a fighter and as a person. So, good luck, Benson, man. Uh, it's good to uh, uh, see you go out, you know, not completely out cold, getting knocked out like most of the guys do. Yeah, he got submitted. Yeah, he kind of got dominated. But you pretty much didn't. He didn't get all kinds of damage. And I'm happy about that. And he still looks, you know, in great shape. And, and like, his head is good. So, I'm happy he's getting out before it gets bad. So, uh, yeah, good luck, Benton, on everything. And thanks for all the good memories and the good fights. You know, I always like to throw it out there and and just, uh, you know, remember the, the good stuff about these guys that retire because, you know, they lived a hard life of uh, weight cutting and training. They dedicate their life to this shit. So if nothing else, I can show my gratitude for the history and all the memories and all the great fights that we watched so uh yeah uh moving on so tomorrow night there was supposed to be a bare knuckle fighting championship uh event with former uh bellator featherweight champ uh daniel strauss who was just a champ like i i think like a couple years ago at the most but uh yeah and i mean there wasn't a whole lot of other names on this card, but, you know, I thought it was cool. It's going to be a nice, uh, what do you call it, St. Patrick's Day card. And uh, with Daniel Strauss on there, that's a big name. Uh, fighting when? I don't I don't really know his first name. I don't know much about him. But I was excited to see what Daniel Strauss was going to do in the BKFC. But unfortunately, today I found out it got canceled. It says, uh, due to unforeseen circumstances outside of BKFC's control regarding the venue... The sold-out BKFC 38 in Delray Beach, Florida, which was scheduled for March 17, 2023, has unfortunately been postponed. The event and fight card has been rescheduled for April 21st, 2023. So that's good. At least they rescheduled it already. I assume they're going to acquire a venue at some point. Um, you know, they got some time. So, uh, yeah, they already have a scheduled date, which means these guys know when they're going to fight next. Uh sucks they don't get to fight now when they're prepped and ready but it is what it is all i heard from on on instagram the bkfc owner just said it was out of his control something to do with the venue maybe they found you know unsafe you know conditions or i don't know who knows what happened but uh yeah the rest of it just talks about tickets purchased will be honored for the new date so yeah, all that good stuff, technical stuff that we don't need to worry about. But anyway, yeah, so that kind of sucks. Um, I was gonna bring it up anyway, like I said, because I was interested in the Daniel Strauss fight. So unfortunately, it is canceled. So if you were looking forward to watching that, it won't be on. If you can't find it, it's because it's canceled. Anyway, uh, moving on to other big news. The notorious Conor McGregor back in the news as he's ever, I mean, as he always is, kind of, <laughs> because something's always coming up about Conor. 
and uh, he was on the MMA hour on Wednesday, yesterday. He was, I guess he was kind of on a press tour and he uh, made a stop in at the MMA hour with Ariel Hawani. And I guess it was up in the air whether he was going to make it or not, but he was in New York. So I guess he made it in, which is kind of cool because, you know, we haven't seen Connor on the MMA hour in quite a while since he's gotten real big. But uh, I remember watching him when he was just when he was just uh, starting out. You know, he was didn't have a lot of money sitting in a in a just old room with like a mattress on the ground and, you know, looking like he didn't have much, just eating some blueberries. That was the first time I got introduced to Conor McGregor and, you know, got to listen to him get interviewed by Ariel Hawani. And yeah, it's kind of crazy to see where he's at now. Obviously, he's a multi-millionaire or billionaire. Who the hell knows anymore? Uh, all I know is he's rich as fuck. <laughs> so, uh, that's, you know, he's an entrepreneur. So, you know, he's got all kinds of uh, other ventures besides MMA. But, uh, yeah, he was on the show. And he was talking about the Ultimate Fighter. Obviously, he's coaching against Michael Chandler. And I'm pretty excited to watch that. You know, I can't. I guess they just wrapped it up. So I think they said it in April is when the show's gonna start airing. Uh, April, May, yeah, I think so, or maybe maybe a little later. I don't remember, but either way, I guess the show just wrapped up, and so Connor was doing the media tour, and he was saying that you know there was some there was some shit that popped off, but he said everything's good and whatever. You know, Dana talked about it in a press conference, but. Either way, the biggest thing that came out of this, besides the fact that he said, no matter what, at some point in time, he's getting that Nate Diaz trilogy. He said it has to happen because they're one in one. And, you know, Diaz beat him the first time. He beat him the second. So he says they have to have the rubber match. So uh, I don't know how that's going to happen when Diaz isn't in the UFC, but I assume they're going to probably offer him a fuckload of money. You know, and and get him in there when the time is right. Uh, but for now, you know, he's got his eyes on Michael Chandler, ready for that fight. And then he announced officially that he's fighting at 170 against Chandler, which we all kind of knew. I figured it as much. Uh, 170. That's pretty much what I figured they were going to be fighting at because McGregor's is big now, and uh, Chandler's been talking about doing a 170 fight for a while, and he was said he was up for it. So, uh, yeah. That's just, uh, I just got super sidetracked. Sorry. Um, nah, everything's good. I thought something was messed up. Anyway, uh, yeah, so 170 and, man, I lost my train of thought. Oh, the other thing was the USADA stuff. So, you know, I had talked about it before and it's been all over the place that, oh man, did my music just stop? Uh, I talked about it all over the place, and I had talked about it too. That uh, uh, he isn't in the USADA testing pool yet. So I don't know why my music stopped. That sucks. Well, here we go. Can I get it to start again? There he is. Anyway, he's not in the USADA testing pool yet. So. And you're supposed to have six months of testing before you can fight again. So that, I mean, that's a problem, right? 
Uh, and if he's not in there yet, that means it's going to be, I don't know how long before he, uh, oh man, this is getting on my nerves. I don't know how long before he's going to fight. So anyway, here's what he said on the show though. He said, you know, on re-enrolling in the USADA pool, I'm not rushing nothing. There's hurdles and whatnot, but we're in constant communication and there's an interview scheduled and a meeting happens and then it will be official. But the six months thing, what they had said was two clean tests and off I go. Hold on. <coughs> oh man, sorry about that. Ugh. I was trying to hold it in. Anyway, he said, what they had said was two clean tests and off I go. So I assume it won't be too long. So what he's saying is he thinks that he's going to have to have two clean tests in a row. And then he's good to go and ready to fight. So I'm assuming he thinks, oh, I can just do that whenever. uh, Because I'm under the assumption he's clean, right? But what I had heard and what everyone else is talking about is the fact that you're supposed to have two clean tests in a row as well as six months of being available to be tested in the USADA testing pool, which you have to be enrolled for that amount of time. So with that being said, USADA responded saying, uh, you know, this is Aaron Bronstetter. Um, I believe he's an analyst or reporter of some journalist of some sort for ESPN. I, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, his tweets, uh, this is where I got this from. Um, USADA have issued a statement regarding the comment, comments made by Conor McGregor yesterday in regards to his eligibility to resume competition. USADA says, while we meet with all athletes who enter or re-enter the testing pool, we do not currently have a meeting set with Conor, and as of today, we have not received notice of him coming out of retirement to compete. The UFC rules are clear that in addition to two negative tests, an athlete must make himself available for testing for six months before returning to competition. This is a fair way to ensure an athlete does not use the retirement status to gain an unfair advantage by using prohibited substances during the retirement period, which would enhance their performance unfairly if they ultimately decide to return to competition. While the rules permit the UFC to make an exception to the six-month rule in, a, in exceptional circumstances. So there's the fucking kicker right there. They did that with Brock Lesnar. It says, while the rules permit the UFC to make an exception to the six-month rule in exceptional circumstances, when the strict application of the rule would be man- manifestly unfair to the athlete, our position, which we have made clear, is that Connor should be in the testing pool for the full six-month period. But I guarantee that one piece right there is going to be how the UFC gets past this. They're going to say, this is an exception. Uh, an, uh, <laughs> this is an exceptional circumstance. Um, and, you know... This is what we need to have happen. And then they're going to give them two clean tests. And they're going to say, you're done. Go for it. You get the you get the pass. That's what they did with Brock Lesnar. And we know that motherfucker was on juice. So, whatever. It is what it is. I mean, these these fools fucking do whatever they want. I mean, they, they own USADA, basically. Uh, USADA works for them. So, when it comes down to it, they're going to do what they want. Oh, shit. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, they're going to do what they want, and 
that's the way it's gonna be. So they're gonna they're gonna allow McGregor to fight. There's no way they're not. And that's just how it is. They have it clearly written right there that they can make the exception whenever they want. So, you know, read into it whatever you will. But I that's what I believe. They're gonna just do whatever they want. They're gonna let him fight. They're gonna say they he dropped twice clean. He's good to go. He's been enrolled. No one was just notified, blah, 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 some bullshit, whatever. So anyway, stay out the juice, Connor. We want to see you fight. Don't be fucking failing any tests because we know you've been on that. We know we know you've been on that shit. <laughs> so, yeah, moving on. Recap of last week, Piotr Jan versus Marab Devalishvili. Uh, it was a pretty damn good fight. Um, especially because uh, Peter uh, Peter Jan got his ass whooped pretty much. Um, Marab was the machine. That's that's his nickname, and he fucking showed why he's the machine. Because he's a badass. He doesn't stop. He could have gone another five rounds, I bet. And he always looks like he just started the fight. So and Piotr Jan just he underestimated him uh he kept saying he was a zero he was nobody nobody knew knew who marab was nobody knew or cared about marab but yet i mean you're the number two uh fighter in your in your weight class fighting the number three fighter you think he's number three because nobody gives a shit i mean he's proven it uh why he's so good so, and you know, there's the haters out there that think Marab is a boring fighter, Marab this, Marab that. I'm like, fuck off, okay? There, there's a lot more boring fights out there and boring fighters out there. And to me, I don't know, maybe I am a little biased. I don't know. I just like the dude. I think he's cool. I think he's a, a good, humble dude. And he's loyal as shit. And he's always talking and giving praise to his teammates and his team and his cornermen and his coaches. And to me... That just makes him a stand-up dude, and I like him. Uh, on the flip side, you got Mr. fucking Peter Yan, who is an asshole, uh, doing stupid shit, and doing stupid shit during the weigh-ins, do, saying dumb shit left and right, and when he's the one that has now dropped four out of his last five fights, like, get your fucking shit together, bro. Stop talking shit and focus on the fight. Stop talking shit when you can't back it up. And stop focusing on how much everyone else sucks and focus on how much you suck right now. Because he doesn't suck overall. He is a good fighter. But right now he sucks. He just, it's fucking, just being a dumbass and, and sucking. <laughs> that's all That's all I can really say about that. And, and he fucking drives me nuts. I don't like him. I think it's because he reminds me of somebody from the past, maybe. I don't know specifically who I'm referring to. I'm just thinking, you know when you see somebody with a face or a demeanor or mannerisms that remind you of somebody. That's what Peter Jan does to me. He's fucking annoying. He's a little cocky bastard. And I want to kick him in his fucking nuts. So, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously. I don't hate him as much as Sean Strickland or Colby Covington. But he's a close second to those guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the other retirement I was talking about was uh, Rafael Sunsau who was a contender for a long time. Um, he was up and uh, always in the top five, you know, uh, fighting the likes of uh, Cody Garbrandt and uh, TJ Dillashaw and everybody, everybody that was big, that's been big over the past years. Um, but unfortunately, 
he called it quits this week, this past weekend. You know, um, it, it sounded like he was just done. Um, he said he just wasn't able to compete like he used to, and that's all there was to it. So, uh, once again, you know, I got to pay homage to those guys that retire, whether I like them or not. You know, in a sense, how you know, I, I knew who I I knew him during the time that he was like making all the runs because he was in all the news all the time being one of those guys that was there in the running for a belt and a formidable opponent obviously being uh that high in the rankings for that long so you know good fights and a good fighter and you know he's kind of a more quiet dude um didn't cause a lot of waves or whatever but there's definitely some good fights that he had out there and i appreciate all of them so Good luck to Rafael Asuncao. Unfortunately, I got to show what happened because it was kind of crazy. So he's doing, I don't know if you saw that. It was quick, but it'll happen again. You know, he for some reason, he's throwing the thumbs up. <laughs> and next thing you know, Davy Grant, who he was fighting, throws a spinning back fist and drops his ass. And if you could see how he winds up, um, Asuncao has his, his leg and has his head in between his legs. Um, so that's important because of what happened next. Uh, he tried to lift Davy Grant, and Grant just kind of rolled with it and tied up Asuncao's neck in, in uh, like an inverted triangle. It was kind of crazy, and I don't know if he actually put him to sleep, but he definitely subbed him there, and it was over. And then you know Asuncao retired. So, oh man, I'm I need to like turn the air on. It's freaking hot in here. Uh. Yeah, so that was how that ended. Um, unfortunate for Sun Tao, you know. But again, at least he didn't get knocked out. If he did go to sleep, it was for a short period of time. And that's, I mean, that's kind of how it goes sometimes. It's better to get subbed and, and not have a limb broken if you do get subbed. Um, it's better to go out that way than to get knocked out cold, lying on the mat. And then you get up just to tell everybody you're done because... You just got knocked out and it's like your third loss in a row or something that that's horrible. And I hate to see you guys go out like that. So at least you got to go out. Uh, it, it's a loss, but it's not a crazy, real bad loss. So um, good luck to him on his, whatever he's doing in the future. And, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of these big name guys that are coming up at the end here. Um, ready just to to hang them up, basically. You know, sometimes they go on their last runs and when they fought for the belt before been, you know, contenders and then gone on a losing streak. Sometimes it's just, a, you know, what needs to happen is they retire. So there's a couple guys in the in in the fights this weekend. Uh, one at least that I'll talk about that, uh, you know, needs a win. Otherwise, it might be that time to start thinking about when the end's going to be. But anyway, uh Nikita Krylov versus uh, Span Ryan Span. You know this was uh, this was canceled the the last time they were supposed to fight a couple weeks ago because Krylov got sick with food poisoning, so they canceled it at the beginning of the main card, which is insane because they were the main event. So anyway, they rescheduled it quickly, you know, because food poisoning you can get over that fairly quick, but you know, being in the midst of it that night obviously is not a good time to fight. You don't want to be shitting in the cage <laughs> or puking in the cage um, or getting knocked out because you feel like shit. So 
Anyway, uh, he got the sub on Ryan Span, as you can see here. Another triangle, but this one straight up, normal, regular triangle. And uh, yeah, Span tapped kind of quick. I didn't get to see this whole fight, but I'm not sure like how much damage he was taking or what was going on in the fight ahead of time. But it looked like he kind of just tapped quickly, but it, that, that triangle was deep and he had the arm trapped. So, you know... Uh, when you know you're done, I guess you know you're done. And Span wasn't having it. Uh, so he was done with that. Moving on to uh, Alexander Volkov versus uh, Alexander Romanov. <laughs> Two guys with similar names. Kind of crazy. Romanov's a guy on the ground getting beat right now. Uh, that I was telling you about that was throwing big ass dudes around like they were nothing. But, you know, Volkov is a beast. And uh, he's a badass. And... He got the win, you know, TKO just kind of dominated and just suffocated uh, Romanov and there was nothing he could do. Obviously, he's um, not really doing much to defend himself and not really doing much to get out of, the, you know, getting his ass whooped like that with Volkov on his back. So, um, yeah, that, that was about it for that. Um, before we move on. There was a couple of other fights I wanted to mention. Uh, let's see. On the lower, all the way at the bottom, there was, oh, Ariane Lipsky versus JJ Aldrich. I had talked about that fight last week. Uh, Lipsky got the win, unanimous decision. Uh, there was one other fight. No, that was Rafael Sunsau, Davy Grant. No, I guess that was it. Okay, cool. I knew there was one other fight I wanted to talk about. I meant to talk about it before we got into the rest of this, but um, that's fine. It was just the Arian Lipsky and JJ Aldridge. I was interested in that fight. I didn't get to watch it, and I forgot to even go back and check it out. But anyway, moving on to the main event of this card. Pyotr Jan versus Marab Duvalishvili, which I told you, Jan was doing some dumb shit. This looks like... Kind of harmless in, in, in a still frame photo. But what happened here was they were just facing off. And I guess Marab was, you know, talking or whatever. And Jan just did this weird karate chop to his neck. I don't know what the fuck he was trying to accomplish with it. But it was pretty stupid. And, you know, like I said, Marab isn't going to be... So this was kind of a grudge match because Marab is from... Geor He's a Georgian from Georgia, the country, not the state. Um, that's why he's got the headdress on and stuff. And then, uh, Pyotr Jan is, uh, Russian. So there's some kind of, you know, historic, like, stuff between those two countries. So Marab, like, kind of took this personally. And I know that he was just telling Pyotr Jan that pretty much he was going to do his people right and get revenge. And it was all for his country and his people and all this other stuff. I don't know if Pierre Jan even understood what he was saying, but he took offense and decided to do this weird fucking karate chop bullshit. <laughs> so I don't know what the hell that was about. Marab just, you know, kind of jumped back and was like laughing and stuff like, yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, that's what I meant by the fact that Pierre Jan is just doing dumb shit. But Marab just dominated the whole fight. Uh, Jan was trying to, you know, throw kicks and, and try to get, in, get in with strikes and he, uh, Marab just wasn't having it. Marab's catching kicks and, 
and throwing him and all kinds of other stuff taking his back if you look here uh from what i understand is possibly uh yon's eye is that swollen because it was already swollen from a punch or two and then they collided heads at one point in time i never actually saw that happen but that's just what i heard but you know whatever uh his eye was fucked up that's all i know and you can see how swollen it is here. By the end of the fight, it was pretty much swollen shut. So he's lucky it didn't swell shut during the fight because they would have called the fight for that. Um, but yeah, Marab was showing striking. It was, you know, he was, he had Jan just wondering what the hell was happening when it came to his strikes. Because, uh, you know, I think Jan just thought he was going to have to defend the takedowns there's 44 takedown attempts by marab and i think he landed i think he successfully took yawn down like 11 or 12 times which is insane i mean that doesn't sound like a, a good percentage but to even attempt 44 takedowns is insane and he actually beat a record with the um, attempted takedowns so it's kind of crazy um so yeah uh in the end though um marab got the win like i said uh unanimous decision it was i mean i don't think yon won a, a round whatsoever i don't even think he won one round it wasn't even a question as you can see marab is even having some fun with it i don't know why but he's tapping his ass and and grabbing his ass i think it was just one of those things where he's like yeah go ahead Go ahead, little man. You're not going to get anywhere with this. Uh, <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. Um, I wa I saw when it happened during the fight. Uh, I was actually out to dinner, and I'm eating dinner, watching it on my phone, and I'm like, why is he, why is he grabbing his ass? <laughs> uh, Marab's a funny dude. Like, I, I this was kind of unexpected though. Like, I didn't think uh, he he would do something like this. I'm not sure why he was doing it. Like I said, just speculating that he's like. Yeah, good job, little guy. But you're not doing anything. <laughs> Why he grabbed his ass, I don't know. Maybe he was thinking about tossing him or something. I don't know. I think he's just fucking around. But I thought it was hilarious. So it was the icing on the cake with Marab already kicking his ass. And now he's humiliating him by, you know, spanking him and grabbing his ass. Kind of funny. Kind of weird. Entertaining. Uh, nevertheless. <laughs> so... Good on Marab for getting that win, though. Now, the only problem is that he's in the same division as Aljamain Sterling. And I talked about this before. So he just beat the number two contender in the, you know, the number two guy in that division. The only guy ahead of either one of them, I believe, is, uh, I guess now it's Henry Cejudo. I, I don't know. That's the thing. Henry Cejudo's coming back. He's out of retirement. And it's already booked for May, I believe. Uh, was it May? April. May. Fuck, I don't remember. Um, either way, it's already booked. Uh, Henry Cejudo is fighting for the belt against Eljamain Sterling. Which is... I mean, that could be a good fight. That could be interesting for sure. But, I, I mean... I think it's Cejudo comes back and just automatically gets the goddamn, um, and automatically gets the title fight. I mean, I get it. He held the belt for so long. Uh, yeah, it's May 6th. So UFC 288, Cejudo versus Sterling. Uh, 
with the uh, lightweight co-main event, Charles Oliveira versus Benil Dariush. So that that's a pretty good start to the, that card. Um, we'll see what other kind of... They only have one other fight in, on there being Bryce Mitchell and someone else. I, didn't, I forgot who it was. But uh, yeah. So if Eljamain Sterling beats Cejudo, is he going to fight... Um, is he going to fight... Uh, who's the other person? Else? Sugar Sean. Sugar Sean O'Malley, who beat Piotr Jan as well. Not as... Not as dominating of a win as Marab beat Jan, but he did beat Jan. So, uh, there's there's Sugar Sean in the mix. There's uh, whether he, Eljamain beats Cejudo. And then, what's Marab gonna do? Marab says he's not fighting Eljamain. Eljamain says, just call for the belt. I'll move up. So, we'll see what happens with this next fight in May. Um, and then, that's gonna tell the story of what might happen. Because I think if Eljo loses, he might stick around and see what happens with Marab and see if Marab wins the fight or wins the belt or not. Um, and then I think Eljo will decide whether he's going to move up or stay in that division. So it's interesting dynamics. You know, there's stuff like this happened back in the day, but I don't think anybody was as good of friends as uh, Marab and Eljo. Well, except for maybe Kane and uh, DC because Kane, heavyweight title holder, um, and DC was coming up in heavyweight division, and then he decided to cut down to light heavy and, and fight there and get the belt there so that he never had to fight Kane, which, you know, worked out for him. He be, he was a champ two times over, but you know, it was one of those situations. So, and then there was like John Jones and Rashad Evans. They weren't that close though, to begin with. So that's just how it was. Um, so it's happened before and, you know, I'm sure it'll happen again at some point. It's always an interesting situation. So moving on to this weekend, we got Leon Edwards versus Kamara Usman part three, uh, the trilogy, uh, they're one and one and obviously Usman won the first fight and Edwards won the second fight, which, uh, you know, He was losing that entire fight until that fifth round when he got a fire lit under his ass and decided to, you know, get in the game, Um, which I'm happy about because I, uh, you know, I like Leon. I like Camaro too, but I do like Leon and I was, I was happy to see him get that belt. But, you know, there's always that question, the shit talk, people have a lot to say when you win a belt that way when you're losing every minute of every round although you know leon did win the first round first guy to ever take down kamaru and he actually mounted him and looked pretty strong but uh the uh yeah i mean the fight was not going his way whatsoever so yeah we're gonna see how this one goes and i'll talk a little more about it here when we get to that fight but uh, we got Justin Gaethje versus uh, Faziev, um, or Faziev. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Faziev, but it looks like Faziev. So <laughs> either way, just, you know, these goddamn names. If you look at Justin Gaethje's name, if you just look at it, how the fuck do you say that, right? Like, you wouldn't think it's Gaethje, but that's how you say it. So anyway, Gaethje's an Arizona boy. Um, I believe he was born and not, maybe not raised, but definitely born in Arizona. Um, 
and spent part of his life here. So uh, I think he's like from Safford or something like that. So anyway, um, he's definitely one of my favorite fighters. He's exciting as hell. Never involved in a boring fight. He's a, he's a cool guy. And uh, he's part of the uh, Trevor Whitman team along with uh, Mara Usman and like Doug Rose. Um, that's what made me like him so much. Like between his crazy fights and, and his just willingness to go in there and put it all on the line. Um, and then the way he reacted to Rose Namajunas winning the belt, uh, he was so just uh, overwhelmed with emotion. And you can see how much he cared and how much it mattered to him. And I thought that was really cool. So I, I gained a lot of respect for Gaethje for that reason. So um, anyway, lower in the card, uh, we got an interesting fight to actually get the entire night started off. Um, the first fight on the early prelims, Juliana Miller versus Veronica uh, Macedo, Machetto. I'm not sure how to say it, but it's actually Hardy. So Veronica Masato, maybe that's what it is. Uh, she is actually uh, the white or the new wife or the fiance. I'm not sure which one. Maybe she's a fiance. I just heard it earlier. Damn it. I don't know why I don't remember. But either way, she is dating or the spouse of <laughs> Dan Hardy. Who gives a shit, right? But um, yeah, if you remember Dan Hardy back in the day, the crazy red mohawk um, from the UK, crazy guy, uh, wound up with some kind of, I believe, heart condition or something, and that's what made him retire. And he was in the talks for a comeback, and there's been some controversy with him, but he was a good dude, and he was an analyst for a while and a commentator. Now he's doing stuff with uh, DAZONE, um mma stuff with the pfl all kinds of shit but either way and he's helping his um new girlfriend or wife whatever she is fiance i don't know i can't remember either way she's fighting juliana miller who is the last uh ultimate fighter uh ultimate fighter champion and you know uh she's just been on a good win streak like she has pretty much uh Oh, man. Um, yeah, she's been on a good win streak. I'm sorry. I got caught up just trying to get all this shit together here. Uh, I, I'm trying to see. Would have helped if I would have opened this beforehand. Um, she's three and one. So her last fight, she won by TKO. Uh, she was in Invicta before this. She had That's where her one loss is from. And then she had the fights on the Ultimate Fighter where she got all the way through and won the title of the Ultimate Fighter. So that was that was cool. Uh and yeah, I mean I like her. I think she she's kind of weird. She's kind of crazy, but um she's a good fighter. And I think with that Ultimate Fighter title under her, um, she's she's looking to, you know, try to get a real title under her belt. So I'm looking forward to that one. Uh let's see. Uh, Jai Herbert and uh, Ludovic Klein. I think that's how you say his name. Jai Herbert's one of those guys that everyone's big on right now. Uh, nine and one. Four first round finishes. Uh, yeah, a lot of people got a lot of hype on him. So that's a good one to look out for. Uh, Joanne Wood, formerly Joanne Calderwood, but now she's with John Wood. So she dropped the Calder and now it's just Wood. That's interesting and weird and 
kind of crazy to talk about, but <laughs> um, she's been around for a while. Uh, she's a really sweet person. She's a, a cool chick, and the, her voice is crazy, how soft her voice is. She's a good fighter, but she just can't seem to get it together, unfortunately. Um, I, I hate to say that uh, because, yeah, it's just one of those things where she just can't seem to put enough wins together to make a run. So she's coming. I mean, she's coming off three losses. The last loss being the new champ, though. So, I mean, you can't. She's She's got big names. All of them are big names. Alexa Grasso, uh, Talia Santos, uh, Lauren Murphy, all losses in her past three fights. And then she had a win against Jessica I, but then lost to Jennifer Maya. A win against Andrea Lee, but then a loss against Caitlin Chikagian. So this is what I'm talking about. It's like win, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. Win, loss, loss, loss. So she just can't put it together. And it sucks because I like her. I think she's a great fighter. And I think that she has potential, but she just can't seem to get it down. So uh, her opponent is uh, Luana Carolina. She's 8-3. and three. Um, She's coming off a loss to Molly, Molly McCann, which was, I believe, that spinning back fist that Molly McCann threw. Yeah, spinning back. Oh, spinning back elbow. My bad. So that was a crazy knockout. Um, she has a win over Luby Godinez, though, so that's good. And Pollyanna uh, Botello. She lost to Arian Lipskis, but so did Joanne Calderwood. So uh, anyway, yeah, that's her opponent. I'm looking forward to that fight. I'm, I'm hoping Joanne Wood gets a win because if she doesn't, then she's looking at possibly getting cut because that would put four wins in a row and... That's never good. She's lucky she's still around with three three losses in a row. Did I say wins? I meant losses. Anyway, uh, moving on, we got Jake Hadley versus Malcolm Gordon. Um, Christian Leroy Duncan versus Dusko Turo. Fuck if I know how to say his name. Lerone Murphy versus Gabriel Santos. Um... Then we get to the prelims. Mohamed Mukayev versus Rafael Filio, which that should be a damn good fight. Mukayev has been on a tear. Um, two wins by knockout, five wins by submission, three first-round finishes. So he's 9-0 undefeated. Obviously, that's a tear for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rafael Filio, 14-2. Um yeah, I mean, it's looking like he's got some good striking. Uh, yeah, anyway, I don't know too much about him, but I do know Mikhaev is one of those guys that everyone talks about. And yeah, now don't start glitching up on me. Okay, Sam Patterson versus uh, Yanel Ashmos. I'm not sure too much on those guys. Oh, Jack Shore versus Makwan Amirkani. So this should be a good fight. Uh, Jack Shore's been on the come up. Um, four wins by knockout, eight wins by submission, six first round finishes. Uh, he's 16 and one. So, uh, and he's fighting Makwan Americani, Americani, which, so this guy's one of those guys too, that, uh, is constantly like wins, loss, wins, loss. You know, he can never put it together to get himself in contention. So that's unfortunate. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to that fight. It's the main it's the main fight on the prelims. So it's right before the, the uh, main event on the pay-per-view. So that's always a good fight. 
Uh, Jack Shore is the favorite, minus 490 over uh, plus three. I mean, yeah, plus 390 for Makwan Amerikan. Americani. I don't know why I keep saying Americon, but either way, I'm looking forward to that fight. So let's move on to the main of uh, the main card. We got Marvin Vittori versus Roman Delize. And Vittori is another guy who was on a streak looking like he's going to fight for a title and then just shit to bed, basically. Um, started losing. Uh, but he's got losses against big names. You know, he lost against Israel Adesanya, Robert Whitaker. Um, he's got a win against Paulo Costa. Like I said, he was on a tear. One, two, three, four, five, five fight win streak until he met uh, Adesanya for the belt and he lost. And then he beat Paulo Costa and then he lost to Robert Whitaker. So. His last fight was September last year. Um, and yeah, he's coming off that loss. So uh, let's see how he does against Roman Delize. Uh He's 12 and 1. Coming off. Oh, shit. He's on a four fight win streak right now. Jack Hermanson, Phil Haas, Kyle Dawkins, and I don't know who that guy is. Loriana Strapoli. Oh, Str- okay. Um, yeah, so four fight win streak. Uh, one loss before that, and then he was he had two two wins before. So yeah, he's only got one loss on his record to Trevin Giles. So yeah, this should be a good fight to start the, start it off. Uh, Delide and Vittori have good striking, and that usually means a good fight. You know they're not gonna they're gonna fill each other out for a minute, and they're gonna go after it. So I'm looking forward to that one. Um. Again, like I said, Vittori's got good power in his punches and good striking all around. Um, he looks crazy with a shaved head, though. Uh, I don't remember if that's... I don't think that's how his hair is now. But with it shaved, it's a little odd. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you got to watch out for his striking. But Delize has striking of his own. Uh, this was against Phil Haas. And yeah, as you can see, knocked him out cold. Heavy hands, solid punches, uh, solid strikes, and yeah, um, just stood there over him because he knew what the hell was up then. Phil Haas looks like uh, he's trying to be um, what's his face from back in the day with the with the blonde hair. Oh shit, um, I forgot his name. Ah, anyway, yeah. Moving on, we have Jennifer Maya versus Casey O'Neill. Jennifer Maya. Every time I see Maya, I think of Damian Maya. I don't think there's any relation though. She's 20 and 9. Coming off a win over Marina Moroz. Before that, she was on a two-fight losing streak, though. Um, again, back and forth with the wins and losses. Uh damn. But she's bought she's fought some big names and you know I'm I'm assuming a lot of decisions. A lot of decisions. It's either deci- oh my god. It's almost all decisions except for one submission. So I'm thinking if Casey O'Neill keeps it off the ground, she should be good to go. Uh submission against Joanne Wood. So uh Jennifer Maya's only win not by decision. 
So if you're looking to bet, <laughs> you might want to bet on Jennifer Maya by decision because apparently that's how she wins all of her damn fights. But Casey and Casey O'Neill is undefeated, nine and zero. She has one, two, three, four, four fights in the UFC, so she's four and zero in the UFC against pretty decent names: Roxanne Modafferi, uh, Antonina Shevchenko, uh, Shayna Dobson. So, yeah, she's looking like uh, she's definitely there to get that win. Decision, TKO, submission, TKO. So she's going to get a finish, I believe, because her uh, against Roxanne Modafferi, it's hard to get a finish against Roxanne Modafferi. So, you know, again, looking to bet. I'm thinking now that I see this, I'm going to say probably Casey O'Neill by fit by a finish. I'm not going to distance. That's what I would bet on. So that's it for that. Uh, oh, like I said, Maya's got the subs, though. Look at this uh, pretty nasty arm bar against Joanne Calderwood or Wood now. So, yeah, unfortunate. And then Casey O'Neill. Yeah, she she likes to throw punches, and she likes to throw a barrage of punches. So she's going to get on top in that dominant position and rain down those punches. And this is against Valentina Shevchenko's sister. So, you know, she's got some talent. She's no Valentina, but, you know, Casey O'Neill got the best of her there. Moving on, we got Gunnar Nelson versus Brian Barberena. I'm pretty excited about this fight because Gunnar Nelson hasn't fought in a while. Uh, let's see. His last fight was March of last year. It's been exactly a year, pretty much, that he's fought. And he fought Takashi Sato, and he got the win by unanimous decision. Uh, before that, he was on a little bit of a skid. He had two two losses, one being Gilbert Burns. No fucking joke there. And then Leon Edwards, who is the current champion. So uh, you can't really blame him. Uh, he got a win before that against Alex Oliveira, which is the Brazilian cowboy. Um, man, this dude has fought nothing but names. Ponzinibbio, loss. Alan Jaban, win. Albert Tumanov, win. Damian Maya, loss. Brandon Thatch, win. Rick Story, loss. Zach Cummings, win. Like, damn, everybody. Just a bunch of big names. Um, anyway, it's nice to see Gunny back. I'm happy. It's been a while. Like I said, it's been a year. And before that, I think, I mean, he fights so infrequently. He hadn't fought since 2019 uh, before that. So he had a couple years off, almost three years off. And then he came back last March, and now he's been off for a year again. So it's good to see him back. We'll see what he's got for Brian Barberena. Brian Barberena's 18 and 9. Coming off a loss to Rafael Desanos, though. Um, so, I mean, that was in December of last year. RDA is no joke. He's not the same RDA from back in the day, but Barbarena is not good with the grappling and wrestling. Um, he's a striker. He likes, and, and he got submitted by a neck crank. So that, I mean, that's just nasty. RDA is good at submission. So you can't really blame him. Um, he's got a win against Robbie Lawler, uh, which is unfortunate because I like Robbie, but, uh, yeah, I think it was like a standing TKO. Just punched the shit out of him. Um, and then he's got a win against Matt Brown and Darian Weeks. 
So he was on a three fight win streak before he met RDA. But uh, Gunner's going to be coming for him. Uh, testing out that chin, getting through that beard. Because this is the kind of stuff that Gunner Nelson likes to do. And then when he drops you, he's he's going to wrestle your ass or, or grapple. And he's going to try to submit you as well. So he can do a little bit of everything. He's dangerous. You never know where, where he's going to take it. And obviously, he's got heavy hands. So if uh, Brian Barbarana thinks he's going to stand and bang with him and get the best of him, uh, he might want to watch out on that one. But here's Brian Barbarana. Oh, you got to be kidding me. There it is. <laughs> There's Brian Barbarana, unfortunately, against Robbie Lawler, which I hate seeing my dude get beat up like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, you can't deny a good win over a legend. So Brian Barbarana getting that win. Uh, by TKO, you know, when he starts getting those punches in and landing them, he doesn't stop. So um, he's going to drop of being tired himself. Moving on, Justin Gaethje versus Rafael Rafael Faziev. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> I'm having trouble. Faziev or Faziev, either which way. I'm excited for this fight. I think it's going to be a banger. Um... The only problem is Justin Gaethje is just one of those guys that likes to uh, get in a war. And he throws, he just wings punches out there and he leaves his chin open. So he takes a lot of damage. He takes a lot of hits. And, and Fazeev doesn't fuck around. He's really fast. He's got great hands. Um, he's well-rounded. But his biggest thing is he's really fast. And Gaethje likes to throw those big looping punches just crazy and out of control um a lot of times he lands and when he lands he fucks people up but i'm worried that faziev is not gonna fight like a brawler he's gonna fight more technical and that that technique along with that speed it's a dangerous combination for somebody like gaichi but gaichi has a damn good gas tank when it comes to cardio and on top of that he's got a great chin so it's going to be tough. But I think it's going to be a great fight. And uh, just to show. Um, unfortunately, against Tony Ferguson, I mean, he kind of changed Tony Ferguson with the beating he put on him. So he does punch hard, like I said, and he lands a lot. And when he when he throws a punch, he throws everything behind that punch, as you can see by this. Um, but look how he leaves his head open as he's leaning down. If if Tony Ferguson wasn't so out of it, I mean, he could throw that uh, that right kick to the head, kind of, you know, Leon Edwards, Kamaru Usman style. Um, he could follow up with that, like a right uppercut, which looks like what he was trying to do until he got hit. Uh, but, you know, anybody that fights Gaethje that is, is going to be in his right state of mind... Um, He's going to pick up on those things, and Gaethje leaves himself open all the time. So, unfortunately for him, that's something he needs to watch out for. But, you know, more with the crazy strikes. This is against Michael Chandler. Nasty uppercut drops him and jumps right on top of him and starts throwing bombs. So, you know, this was an exciting fight, too, uh, against Michael Chandler, who's going to be fighting Conor McGregor next. And also... Oh, shit, I just pushed the same button. Um, Fazeev has these crazy strikes as well. Spinning back kick, 
or spinning wheel kick. I mean, he didn't knock him out, but he it was basically a TKO because he, he had nothing for him after that. And as you can see, Herb Dean comes running in uh, because that fight was done. And uh, Fazeev also has those hands. Crazy knockout. You know, he's, he's going to put those combinations together, that speed and that strength. And that technique, you know, uh, tight, uh, tight, hard punches, and and he's accurate. So, with Gaethje winging those punches, Gaethje's gonna be back here trying to throw that crazy, you know, looping punch, and Fazeev's gonna throw about three quick hard punches before Gaethje gets that one to land. Um, that's that might be a bit of a uh, that might be a bit of an exaggeration, but you know what I mean. Uh, Gaethje's got to tighten it up a bit. You know, he tried uh, a while back to stop getting into the crazy wars and just throwing everything out there and try tried to slow it down a bit and get some technique in there. But I think he reverted back. And I'm not sure which Gaethje's going to come out this time. But, you know, if he comes out knowing that he needs to have a little more technique and be a little more tight and keep his hands up, uh, I think he has a better chance of winning. Um... But Fazeev's going to stick to his game plan, do what he does, and keep that technique, keep those tight punches, um, and, you know, let the speed win. So, I'm rooting for Gaethje, but it, it's tough. I, I wouldn't bet on this one for myself, because it's one of those ones that could go either way. Moving on to the main event. Leon Rocky Edwards versus Kamaru Usman. The... Man, this is this is tough because here's the thing. Like, this is something that I mentioned earlier. You know, well, I was watching the press conference, right? And I'm thinking to myself, like, as I'm listening and watching all the comments, I, I all I can think is, you know, there's a lot that can happen with this, and it could go. There's there's a lot of different things that can happen that can make this fight change so you know how many times have we seen someone hold the belt for a while and get out of no and you know get beat out of nowhere and it's called a fluke but the ex-champ can't come back and redeem the belt how many times have we seen that happen right and the other thing you know on the flip side like did leon let that kick get to his head like does he think now that he's untouchable does he realize that he lost rounds two three and four in a dominant way like there was no doubt about it he didn't do shit like that first round you can give him that first round like i said he 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 uh took down kamaru nobody's ever done that before and he mounted him of all things like he didn't just take him down and let him get right back up he took him down and mounted him and and rain some punches down you know i mean that was the first for kamaru but what did kamaru do he went and sat in his corner and he decided hey that's the first time that's ever happened to me but i ain't gonna let that be what takes me out so he got up and he won the next fucking three rounds without question no question he 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 picked apart and he broke leon edwards but Leon didn't give up, though. That's the thing. So, my questions are, you know, was it a fluke? 
Did it go to Leon's head? Um, is he kidding himself thinking that, you know, he's just going to come back and do it again? Uh, has he done enough to improve on the things that he was lacking on when it came to all of those rounds that he lost? You know, two, three, and four, he looked defeated walking to his corner after that fourth round. His coaches had to give him a pep talk and tell him, which is one of the greatest fucking pep talks I've seen in a long time. I mean, you can make a movie about that shit. Uh, I mean, I know it sounds cliche and stupid, but it's legit, like, the best thing I've seen in a long time. When a coach comes in there and tells him, stop fucking feeling sorry for yourself. You're letting him bully you. You're not doing anything. You're just fucking complacent with your loss. Like, you can't do that. For his coach to come in there and slap some fucking sense into him, in the way that he did, was amazing. And especially when you see the outcome. You know, he got up off that he got up off that stool and something changed and something changed in him and and a light went off. So, I mean, you can't deny that like that's just movie shit, like I said. But on the flip side, you know, with Kamaru, like has Usman overcome the mental aspect of recovering properly from that KO? Meaning, is it in his head? Like, is he going to be thinking about that? Does he know that that can happen again? Does he know what he did wrong to allow that to happen? Is he going to be overly focused on that happening again? And then then that's going to make him, you know, that's going to make him weary of engaging. And maybe he's going to be so timid that he loses because he doesn't do what he normally does. Right? So, in my opinion, any of these things can happen. Also, is he taking Leon lightly? Like... Does he think that, oh, I beat this motherfucker. I broke him. It took his coaches talking to him and and, and hyping him up in order for him to get back in there because I had him beat going into round five. So does he take that lightly thinking, oh, I just got caught? You know, that's the famous thing to say. I just got caught. Well, yeah, you got caught and you got beat, motherfucker. You were out cold, eyes open, but out cold on the mat. I'm not saying shit about that if I get caught like that. I'm saying I fucked up. I was out. Am I going to let that happen again? I'm going to say all day I'm not going to let that happen again. But what did you really do to prepare? What did you really do, Kamaro? Are you going to come in there fucking Mr. Badass thinking, oh, this belt's mine. It's going to be mine again and get your ass knocked out again? Or are you going to come in there being so timid that you don't do shit and you make this a boring ass fight? Because Leon might be thinking, I don't want to lose my belt. You know, there's so many things that can happen. But in my opinion, there's a there's a big possibility that Kamaru is underestimating Leon with everything that he said. Thinking, I already beat this guy. I broke him in there. And it all it would have taken was one more minute for me to finish with him knowing how horrible of a fighter he was against me. And instead, I got caught. Well, keep thinking that, Kamaro, because you're going to get caught again with that kind of an attitude. You got to come in there thinking, this motherfucker beat me. I'm going to do everything in my power to beat him, regardless of how I got beat, regardless of how much I was doing. So for me, I think Kamaro needs to be cautious. He needs to understand what happened to him, and he needs to make sure that he's dealt with that and make sure that he knows that that can happen again. And instead of being overly cautious, 
or being overly reckless. He needs to have a good balance of all that. Fight his fight. Be technical and be defensive, but also put up enough offense to get that win. As far as Leon goes, I feel like he needs to not think that that one kick is the end-all, be-all, and that it's going to happen again and again and again because he was getting beat. He was already beaten coming out of that fourth round, and he just needs to fucking get his shit together, and I hope that he's worked on everything that he needed to work on that he got beat by Kamara with in the previous fight and the fight before that. So if he comes out there a better man, a better wrestler, a better grappler, a better fucking offensive fighter, a better defensive fighter, and he's ready for anything Kamaru's going to throw at him, then I think he has a good chance of winning again. A lot of times when a, when a long-standing champ loses his belt in a, such a fashion like like he like Kamara lost it, you know, look at Ronda Rousey. She got head kicked, knocked the fuck out too by Holly Holm. She was never the same. Is Kamaru going to be the same? I don't know. Only time will tell, right? We're going to find out on Saturday. But is he going to be the same or is he going to be one of those injured deers that always runs with a limp? <laughs> because they just don't know how to, how to get past it, right? I don't know. No one's ever going to tell you that ahead of time. You're only going to find out the night of the fight. So I kind of am rooting for Leon to retain that belt. But knowing what happened in the last fight, there's always there's just too many questions, too many unanswered questions. So I hope that we come out of the next fight with nothing but complete like understanding of what happened. Not such a shot. I mean, the the scene for that fight when when Leon beat Camaro the way he did, insane, amazing, like feel good story, great. But it doesn't hold up well because everyone knows how the three rounds before that came, went about. I mean, Kamara was less than a minute away from getting that win and looking more dominant than he ever has. And then he got then he got caught. So, yeah. Uh, you know, but Usman has those takedowns. He has that wrestling, that, that world-class wrestling and grappling. And he does this to people, you know. He finds a way to get people down over and over and over again. He's strong. He's technical. And he's relentless. But he also has power in his hands. And he's gotten better with it. Look what he did to Gabriel. You know. And obviously. Uh, Jorge Masvidal is not at the level of a lot of these other guys anymore. But for him to knock out Gamebred like that. Who's never been knocked out like that. Just insane. I mean that was a nasty nasty knockout. Uh, and you know he's had a few others that way too. But Leon had the kick heard around the world. Headshot, bang, dead, done. Eyes open, laying on the mat. I mean, you can't get any better than that. It was so insane to watch in real time. It's so insane to watch the replay. Just the, I mean, the effortless kick that just knocked out Kamaru clean. You know, he had that right feint. Kamaro just dipped his head and got got caught. Here's a nice slow-mo for you. Bam. I mean, that's the cleanest kick. Like, Kamaro didn't even get his hand in there. 
It was just a clean shin across the face, across the chin, across the neck. Done. Will we see it again on Saturday? I don't know, man. I don't know if Kamaro's going to open himself up to that again. I don't know if he's going to take the chance to even allow for that to be a possibility. But for me, I'm just excited to watch the fight again. I like both these guys. I think Kamaro has gotten a bit out of hand with some of his antics, being the champ and being at the level that he's at. But I still respect him. I still like him. And I, you know, I I think he's a great fighter. But I just don't know how he's going to come back from such a devastating loss to and, and fight the exact same guy in his home turf in London. You know, uh, a lot of people were saying that Kamara was affected by the high altitude in Salt Lake. That's where this fight took place. I don't know. Maybe. You know, how's he going to be in London when he's getting booed? And, you know, when everyone's against him, rooting for the hometown guy. You know, is he going to overcome that? Is he going to let that get to his mental state and and allow for, you know, doubt to be in his head on top of the doubt of whether or not he's going to be afraid to get kicked like this again? And how much did it affect him? How long did it take him to get past it? Is he truly over it? I don't know. So for me, I'm going for Leon. I, I would love to see Leon win again. I just think he's a really, really good, down-to-earth, humble guy. And I appreciate him as a person and as a fighter. And and the the things he went through to even get to the belt are by far like he was well overdue for a title fight. So, you know, for him to stay in there and, and stay the course, you know, um, he had that one no contest against Bilal Muhammad for the eye poke. It was accidental. Besides that, he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Nine, nine fight win streak, including, you know, the last win against Kamaru. So, before, the, I mean, he's had very few losses. He's fought a lot of big names. He deserves it all, you know. Um, a lot of people say, you know that it's easy to catch him because of how Diaz caught him in the last round of their fight but either way Leon came back overcame all the adversity in the last fight against Kamaru and and came back to win so you know you can't count him out even when he's down so I'm excited for this man I'm so excited for this that's why I was able to just go on and on and on about it because I'm pretty excited to watch this. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to be walking around in Vegas. Maybe I'll find somewhere cool to sit and watch at least just this fight. No, the last two fights, I have to sit down and watch them. I'm sure my wife will understand. <laughs> she knows how I am with this stuff. She supports me with the, with the show and everything else, and I love her for it. So I know. And she's interested in the fights, too. Not as much as me, obviously. But, you know, that's how it goes. So, Yeah. That's it, man. Um, my long-winded rant about Usman and, and Edwards. I know I went a little long on that, but I just I felt it, you know. Um, and I I like them both, like I said, and I'm inter- really interested in that fight, and I had a lot to say about it. So there it is. Broken down and done. Um, so, yeah, if you're still here, I appreciate you. 
Thank you for tuning in, anybody that did. Trin, thank you so much for the reassurance that everything looks good. I always need that. Um, chat was pretty quiet this time, but it's okay. I hope I don't get any copyrights on me because it happened last time. If you can't find the video from last week, I gave up on even trying because I, I over and over and over again, I trimmed what they told me to trim out and continuously got stuck with something. So I don't know why. Um, you know, I... I try to not use anything that shouldn't be used. I, I try to make sure I go the right route with all this stuff. But sometimes it, the UFC just doesn't like to let shit go, I guess. Because <laughs> every time I've been copyrighted, it's been from the UFC. So I love the organization, but goddamn, chill out. I A 25-second fucking clip isn't going to kill your business, I promise. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Join me again next week on Thursday, same time, 7 p.m. Um, I'll be going over the fights, hopefully talking about, you know, uh, how good they were because I anticipate them being very good. Uh, I'll be back from my well-deserved vacation. <laughs> uh, yeah, and besides that, check out the Rumble podcast as well, Sundays and Tuesdays on the Rumble podcast uh, YouTube channel or go to rum the rumblepodcast.com. And it'll take you straight to our channel, and you can watch that. Uh, we're back to 7 p.m. everywhere right now. Well, 7 p.m. Arizona time, but, you know, uh, it's an hour earlier either way. Um, but, yeah, Tuesdays and Sundays. Sundays and Tuesdays. Sundays we do our draft. Check that out. It's always interesting. We did our most hated celebrities um, this past Sunday. Was that it? I don't remember. Did we do another one after that? No, I think that was the one we did. Either way, that was interesting. That was fun. If you want to hear me go on a rant about the celebrities I hate the most, go watch that shit. <laughs> that was from this past Sunday. It was hilarious. Um, I don't think the guys had as much passion for the hate that I had, but that's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we need to come up with a new... Uh, a new draft for this week coming up. So I think I need to think about that a little bit. I haven't heard or seen any ideas yet, guys. So let's get that shit going. Um, Yeah, but that's about it. Enjoy the fights. I'm going to have a good weekend. I'm going to have a good vacation. I need it. My wife needs it. And it's her birthday, so she gets to celebrate. It's all about her. I love it. I can't wait. And yeah, thanks again, everybody. Uh, tune in again next week. And enjoy the fucking fights, man. Uh. Take it easy. I'm out. Oh, shit. Yep, I'm out. All right. Peace.